Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to talk about this picture for a minute. And uh, I know you can't see it really well. It's from my old classroom in Illinois. I taught in that room for almost 15 years. And many years ago, I asked a friend of mine if she would paint that for me on the wall behind my desk. There's the finished product. It looks, it looks much better in person. The reason I had her paint that is because of the word next to the cross. Again, I don't know how well you can see that word, but it's my favorite word. The word is tetelestai. I like that word because of how it sounds, tetelestai. I love that word because of what it means. Tetelestai, when translated into English, means it is finished. And that is the sixth word spoken by Jesus from the cross. Jesus' crucifixion was one of 30,000 that year. And the words, it is finished, those too make his crucifixion unique. To understand the words, it is finished, we simply need to ask a very simple question, what is finished? What did Jesus mean when he said, it is finished? First, we'll rule something out. Jesus was not referring to his, his own suffering, his own pain. True, his pain and suffering was coming to an end. But Jesus was looking far beyond himself. It is finished is much bigger than that. In fact, it is finished goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, God had created a perfect world, and he placed perfect people into his perfect world. And then Satan showed up, and he ruined everything. When Satan showed up, the first thing he said to Adam and Eve was intended to create doubt in their hearts and minds. He said, did God really say you should not eat from this tree? And their doubt led to disobedience, and the disobedience led to the damage. No more perfect world. Satan had indeed ruined everything. There would be no more perfect relationship between man and God. Adam and Eve would no longer have walks with God in the Garden of Eden. In fact, there would be no more Garden of Eden. No more innocence, no more perfection. In its place, pride and pain, disagreement, destruction, and ultimately, death. And these consequences were irreversible. They've lasted into our day today. But the consequences were not permanent. From eternity, God had a plan. And that plan began to develop that very same day in the Garden of Eden. God said to Satan that he would one day send the seed of a woman to crush Satan's head. And so the wait began. The wait went past the days of Adam and Eve. The wait continued through the days of Noah and the flood. The wait continued through the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The wait continued through the days of Moses and the Exodus. More waiting. The life of David. The rise and the fall of the nation of Israel. 
The waiting continued through centuries of silence between the Old and the New Testament. The waiting ended when a couple from Nazareth, Joseph and Mary, gave birth to a baby. The angel said that they should name that baby Jesus because he would save his people from sin. The baby Jesus grew into the man Jesus. And at the end of a three-year ministry, Jesus was arrested and sentenced to die. And that takes us to the cross. It was from the cross, having lived a sinless life, having faced God's wrath, having won forgiveness for every sin the world would ever commit, and having done everything that his Father had sent him to do, Jesus said these words, It is finished. Sin is atoned for. Nothing left undone. As sinners, we cannot, we need not do anything about sin. So let's talk about sin for a moment. We can describe sin three ways. First, sin is ugly. Sin is ugly, and it makes us ugly. Things like violence and death, jealousy and slander, theft and greed. Ugly words that lead to ugly people. And ugly people make for ugly relationships and an ugly world. But not just the world out there. It's our world too. You and I are just as sinful as anyone else. And we are ugly before God. The list of sins is very long. We can add others to the list we already began. Things like coveting and sexual immorality, selfishness, taking the Lord's name in vain. Sin is indeed ugly. Sin makes us ugly before God. Another way to think about sin is that sin is costly. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that the wages of sin is death. That is a divine death sentence. When we think about death in this context, we can think about three types of death that are ours because of sin. Spiritual death, physical death, and eternal death. The wages of sin is death. I taught American history for many years. And I frequently told my students that freedom is not free. It might be free to you and it might be free to me, but freedom is not free. There's a steep price, and thousands and thousands of American soldiers paid that price for us. Sacrifice, blood, death. Salvation is the same way. It's free for you and it's free for me, but there's a steep price for salvation because sin is costly. In fact, it cost God the death of his only son. Think of hell. Hell is what it is or will be what it will be because sin is costly. God says to us to live this way, to live that way. And what do we do? We rebel and we live our way. 
And there's a price for that. Sin is costly. Another way to describe sin, it's paid for. St. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2 that God has canceled our legal debt which stood against us and condemned us by taking it away and nailing it to the cross. Those words echo what Jesus said from the cross. It is finished. Everything that needed to be done to earn for us the forgiveness of sins has been done. It is finished. To tell us die. It's why I love that word. Our ugly, costly sin is paid for. We don't need to do anything to try to get on God's good side as if that were even possible. We don't need to try to get on good, God's good side. It is finished! Matthew and Mark tell us that when Jesus said those words from the cross, he said them in a loud voice. 30,000 crucifixions the year that Jesus was crucified. And his is unique because of what it finished. Think of an artist who works on a, a painting or a sculpture for many weeks or many months or maybe even years and then says, the work is done. You wouldn't go and add anything to it. Salvation is the same way. It is done. We don't need to go and add anything to it. What Jesus did for us left nothing undone. And what a relief, what a joy that is. The Bible says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Romans had a different way of using the word tetelestai. In this context, tetelestai means paid in full. The Romans would stamp the word tetelestai on financial records after a loan was paid off. You've taken a loan before, a student loan, a home loan, a car loan. Have you had the joy, the delight, the relief of paying a loan off? Salvation is the same way. That's why St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because sin is paid for in full. Not because God does not say sin, God says sin is no big deal, but because sin is paid for. God asked of Jesus everything and he willingly gave everything. God asks of you and I nothing when it comes to salvation. Let's not rob that peace that Jesus gives by placing a burden where a burden does not belong. A burden takes away from the glory that is for Jesus and Jesus alone. That burden would ignore what Scripture clearly teaches. It is finished. And that burden also would leave a haunting question. Have I done enough? When it comes to salvation, when it comes to my forgiveness, have I done enough? If that is the question, the answer is no. 
We haven't done enough. We can't do enough. But that's not the question. The question is, has enough been done? And the answer? To tell us die. It is finished. I hope you love that word as much as I do. You don't need to go and paint that word on your wall, but put it in your heart. It is finished. It is the sure hope of a gospel promise that God's wrath has been satisfied. It is finished is a declaration of victory. Sin has been defeated. It is finished is the proclamation of fulfilled prophecy. He will crush your head. The head has been crushed. It is finished. The sixth word Jesus spoke from the cross. They've been called the greatest words ever spoken on the greatest day that ever was by the greatest person who ever lived. To that, God's people say, Amen. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you as ugly sinners. Knowing the cost of our sins is death. That is why we look to your Son, our Savior. He paid in full what is owed for our sins. The work of salvation is finished, and for that, we give you praise and give you our lives and ask you to bless us for Jesus' sake. And we'll join in Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. Forgive me all my sins and graciously keep me this night. Into your hands I commend my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen.